Welcome, I'm Alan Hargraves and this is Recharge On Air. This week I'd like to look at disruption and what drives business evolution. Let's just start with a share market index. We know what it is. They follow the prices of a basket of stocks and we follow them to see where markets are going. But what we don't follow so closely is what's in the basket. Companies come and companies go. Some end in bankruptcy, others merge or get taken over. Some just fade from view. 70 years ago, Joseph Schumpeter, an Austrian economist, labelled this creative destruction. It's why index baskets are revised each year. Today, the term is disruption, and it can be nasty. People never wanted their business destroyed, but they don't want it disrupted either. The problem is, that very resistance is what brings about creative destruction. And it happens more often now. Changes to index baskets are a good proxy for the speed of disruption today. In the 1950s, companies in a US index of 500 companies, that's called the S&P 500, stayed in the basket for around 60 years before their demise and ultimate expulsion from the index. By 1980, according to Harvard Business Review, the average index life was down to just 25 years, and today it's only 18 years. Whole companies come and go far more quickly now. Technology and communication are the main drivers. Today it is easier to connect the dots. Time to market is quicker. Innovation is often a reconfiguration of existing technology. That happens more quickly too. Compare these two innovations. In 1439, Gutenberg took movable type, which was invented by a Chinese scholar, Pi Sheng, some 400 years before then, and put it together with the equally ancient wine crush to create the printing press. Now, in 2003, Apple took the Walkman Digital, aligned it with an online music platform, and launched the game-changing iPod, all in a few short years. For the then-struggling Apple, the company was reborn. For the disrupted Sony, it was a destructive shift. In fact, Sony has struggled since. Could Sony have done anything about it? Probably not. Its massive range of successful products necessarily bred inertia and branding hubris. It was not able to disrupt itself. The prospect of cannibalising existing success was just too unappealing. Still, it's fair to suggest that will happen to Apple one day. It's easy to be hard on Sony. We are all prone to the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sometimes it's the right strategy, sometimes it's not. In the Walkman case, it wasn't. Nonetheless, the Walkman iPod saga has lessons for any business, big or small. First of all, everything versus something. Apple did not have a massive product range. It was about to build one until Steve Jobs disrupted that strategy. When he returned to Apple in 1997, he eliminated 90% of product development. Compared to Sony, Apple is a niche player, yet it's worth more. Apple's market capitalisation is over $400 For Sony, it's now less than $20 Then there's partnership versus ownership. You don't have to own everything. Sony knew content was needed. It bought CBS Records and Columbia Pictures. But both would prove expensive. Apple didn't buy content. It made everyone's content available through iTunes. That underwrote the iPod's popularity. It did with music what Amazon did with books. Collaboration often beats competition. And lastly, there's first mover versus second The first MP3 player arrived in 1998, but it would be three years before the iPod was launched. 
Timing can matter more than being first. As Ron Adner says in The Wide Lens, the iPod wasn't three years late. Everyone else was three years early. There are lots of disruptive strategies, but most include three elements. You focus on the exact thing that sets you apart in the marketplace. You create more value via low-cost strategic partnerships and through expensive acquisitions. And you don't go to market until you've got those things right. I'm Alan Hargraves. This has been Recharge On Air. Thank you for listening.